0: Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. We're going to be talking inflation data that came out this morning as well as market moves and even a bit of a widening of breadth within the markets as we are chatting with Joel Conan, co-host of the Benzinga Pre-Market Prep Show, also editor of the Pre-Market Prep website. Just a note on Joel's show, The Closing Print, today at the market close, he is having Michael Pactor, managing director at Wedbush Securities on the show to discuss the markets. I'll post a link so you all can tune in at the closing bell. Joel, let's start off with inflation data broadly in line with expectations. We usually do see the PCE come in around expectations because it is one of the last reported inflation data after the CPI and PPI. But overall, we continue to see inflation generally moderate. It's not going straight down, but it is trickling lower and lower. What was your takeaway? What did you see within the markets from that data this morning?
1: Uh, Good afternoon, gentlemen, and uh, thanks for accommodating me, having me on a Thursday as opposed to Friday. You know, Goldilocks market here. You know, we were sitting on some major weekly support this morning that has been tested, basis the S&Ps here a couple times. Market, a little nervousness over the PCE number, the preferred inflation gauge for the Fed. And it came in line, and uh, that's all the bulls needed, uh, ripped the market higher. Uh, at one point, we were on the verge of a new old-time closing high. I think we got some Fed heads, uh, some speak that maybe took us off the high, but very constructive pattern here. People wanted to see the uh, you know, the breath widening in the market. You have Apple actually down on the day, losing a critical 180 area. And boom, picking up the slack with the small caps. So uh, the market wanted to hear something on the inflation front after CPI and PPI put a little scare on us last month, but uh, still on track to get down to that 2%. Well,
2: Joe, let's talk about the improving market breadth because everybody's been pointing to the small caps kind of lagging the rest of the indexes. But you pointed out to us a chart before we got on just showing that it's getting close to breaking out here and there's more attention on the small caps now.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you need? You need lower rates, right? These smaller companies, they have debt, the biotechs, they borrow money. And you know they they need they need lower rates uh, in order to accommodate their businesses. Uh, they have some uh, you know some of their loans locked in at lower rates, but anything that they're rolling over is coming at you know much higher levels, and it 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 does you know it creates havoc on the balance sheet. So even though the TLT and the bonds have kind of just stalled here, you know they had pulled back uh, uh, from the recent highs. The TLT. Got the par pulled back to 92. The IWM, no, it just kind of held its own, and uh, and now just with the TLT and uh, holding steady here, uh, the IWM once again is trying to mount. The, my pure number is 203 for the IWM because that marks uh, the high, boy, way back in uh, at the end of 2021, down to that October low 203. That's halfway back. Uh, not only do I like to see that level cleared on an intraday basis. In fact, today you made, uh, you reached your highest level in the IWM, going all the way back to March of '22. Just think about the relative underperformance in the market by the small caps, and here you are on a day where you get, uh, you know, inflation coming in check. Once again, the bulls are trying to get that above that critical resistance level and hold.
0: Joel, make sense of this for me, because as you said, small caps, they like lower rates, but they're looking to break out from levels that they had not seen since early 2022. You look back at the 10-year, kicking off 2022, 10-year was under 2%. Right now, it's holding above 4%. So it seems like the small caps or or at least investors seem willing to go into the small caps even with almost double higher rates.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that what you do is you have to look at things on a historical perspective while people and I won't say you guys are in grade school because I know you're older than that, but the, you know the historical Interest rates, you know, have been much higher. I mean, my first uh, mortgage on my house was in, you know, double digits. OK, so, you know, throw you know, just like in uh, ice skating or diving, you know, throw out the high, you know, throw out the low and you got to figure out which is more, you know, which is normal and four percent, five percent, that kind of environment. That is more from a historical norm is the lower end of rates. So you're having to do what investors are having to do is kind of you know, readjust your expectations. If you're waiting for rates to go down to 2% before you invest in small caps, That may never happen again unless, you know, the economy just goes into a tank or you have a a COVID-like situation. So I think it's more not so much the expectations of rates going down, but holding steady and not necessarily going any higher.
2: Yeah, Joel, it's possible that the new normal is the old normal. The old normal was 4 to 5% rates, and now we're back to it, and maybe people are adjusting their game plan to the new normal being what it has been historically. Are there any other rate-sensitive sectors that you think are being affected by these moves that you're noticing on your radar screen?
1: Uh, I mean, the banks, you know, you know, if you if you got loans out at two percent, you're paying five percent. That's some arbitrage. It's not going to work too good for you. So these banks, I mean, there was a lot of worry about rates going higher, affecting uh, some of the regional banks and you know, this is not bad. I mean, you've had some uh, bad news on New York Community Bank that has not been able to get out of the gutter. But, you know, the KRE, you know, uh, had a strong rebound in December, had a little bit of a haircut. But now that's trying to rebuild the base. So, you you know, you're looking, you know, the banking sector. I mean, I'm looking at my JP Morgan. I bought that during the banking uh, crisis back last April. I'm holding on to it. I was thinking, well, you know, they might be the only bank around. So so you look at that Bank America, um, you know, is having a decent rally that is just, you know, off its all time highs, such a thick stock and a lot of dilution has gone on. But the banking sector, for sure. And then, of course, you got to look and we've talked about this before, you know, the the biotechs, right? XBI had uh, some just explosive news, uh, you know, with uh, Viking Therapeutics coming out with their own version of a uh, weight loss drug and uh, that's you know that's ex- excited the biotech market who also depends now that isn't that's in the red today huh that's an interesting candle uh, but there there's uh, you know a sector that's got benefits off uh, from lower rates as well.
0: Joel, it seems like there's a lot out there that is working within these markets. But even just looking at the broad averages, going back to the tail end of October when the S&P, all markets, it seems like, put in some lows back then. It's been a pretty persistent rise higher, whether it's been narrow breadth or wide breadth. And the corrections, man, the corrections have been four days at most. And then just to move to new highs here, what do you take away from a chart like this where, again, the corrections have been shallow and very
1: short? Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of money managers they are underinvested and they are scrambling to put their money to work. And you're looking at, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to hop in here and buy NVIDIA at these levels, which, you know, stick with the stocks that got you there. But I think you have up, you know, and me too. I mean, I was, you know, I was sitting on a lot of cash feeling great at the end of October, right? Look at me, look how smart I am. I'm not fighting the Fed. And boom, November, December, January, February, not looking so smart now, you know, at five, six percent, you know, return on your equity. So I just think it's just such an underneath demand in the market that these uh these dips are shallow. Now, I will say, you know, that, you know, on a weekly basis, we were teetering. I mean, I I have my, you know, my weekly levels and just basis the S&P futures from the price action that you had earlier in the week and then the price action that you had today. I mean, you got X marks the spot here in 50, 60. As long as the bulls can maintain the bid, make that the low for the week, distance itself a little bit of course the path of least resistance is still higher in this market even if you do take out that level i mean i'm not looking for some you know cataclysmic you know decline to five or ten percent but when you look at these markets and you're looking for you know corrections or retreats or to buy the dip you got to look at things um you know incrementally and i you know You don't never hear me talking about intraday charts uh, when I'm on with you guys. I do look them at a little bit uh, during the day. But, man, you you know, your, your dailies lead to your weeklies and your weeklies lead to your monthlies. One other thing, gentlemen, that I want to bring your attention to is uh, we are coming up on a quadruple uh, witch expiration, which will be early because the first Friday of the month starts tomorrow. So three weeks from today, you'll have it unwind. And a lot of times you can see some wild price action in the weeks leading up to the quad witch expiration. And then a lot of times you see you know, a strong continuation of the trend or a sharp reversal. Uh, right now, looking at a sharp reversal, uh, boy, I don't know what, uh, what would do that. You do have some CPI data coming out on March, tw- uh, March 12th, so the CPI and the PPI on the 14th. But uh, right now, bulls fully in control of this market.
2: Yeah, Joel, that's so true. The bulls are in control, and there's one other market that the bulls seem to be in control of, and that's the cryptoverse. So I've got to get you to weigh in on Bitcoin, Ethereum, the cryptos. What do you think there, Joel?
1: Oh, I think. I mean, oh, I I've talked about uh, this with my wife, and oh, you know, over the years. And when you know, it got up to like 60k, I'm like, I gotta get in, I gotta get in. And then you know, went through the the correction and uh, did it. I mean. You know what? Supply, supply, uh, demand, and you. Right now, the, the uh, scenario of limited supply is ruling the roost. Uh, they're looking at this as an inflation. You know, they looked at it as an inflation uh, alternative. Well, inflation's coming down, so uh, it's got a story. Anything else? Uh, me saying anything besides that? Me knowing uh, anything about you know the having coming up? Or any of this other stuff, I'd be, you know, I'd be talking out of my league. So interestingly, I mean, people are talking about, you know, the levels that it's at. I always like to look, I still look at the futures in this. I don't look at the spot because I like, I like markets actually close, you know, so they have a mark. And, you know, what I've been seeing um, in the uh, in the Bitcoin futures is just, you know, slow and steady higher with a a rising open interest. It did come down a little bit over the uh, last few days. But that's just saying, you know, uh, you know, uh, the the favor uh, and open interest going up in the favor of of the trend. It's continuing. So you did pull back a little. You might get a little red candle off today. Uh, But Bitcoin will give you, you know, they'll give you a shot uh, to, you know, two, three lows in the same area, two, three highs in the same area, consolidation a lot of times before it has its next move, either higher or lower. Yeah,
0: the one fun thing about the Bitcoin sector too is all the projections that we get from the Bitcoin Bulls back in the six figure range, some even pointing higher than that, too. Joel, what do you take from the bulls? Uh, again, being in control here and then hearing all these projections of a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand, even higher Bitcoin prices in the next couple of years.
1: Well, when you start going to the grocery store and you start paying in bitcoin then i could put those outrageous price tags on it right now it's just uh, you know a store of value it's not a tra- you know transactional if it's, you know, to me, it's not enough to, you know, to for a global economy. So when I go when I start using the Bitcoin instead of dollars, then I can start putting those uh, those kind of uh, price projections on it. But uh, right now, I mean, I just take it on a day by day basis. I'd say if you're holding out for an all time high and and the only reason I've, I've, I'm not going to poo poo the rally here at this point it's because you know the futures taken you know that you know they account for the past and they account for the future that's why they're called futures so the uh basis the rolling front month contract you know figuring in the time value of money uh you know my you know my next target on the upside is 73,790 and that would make it a uh, a new all time high basis to front month contract so Don't want to call resistance until I find resistance.
0: Fair enough, because, well, that can be a loser's game when you're watching these markets continue to move higher and hating on every move, but unfortunately missing out on it too. Joel, very interesting to chat with you. Thank you for moving the time up to Thursday. We'll chat with you next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.